You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. I love this time of the year uh, with Easter as we celebrated resurrection last week. Do, do you realize that in the early church, they attribute 50 days to celebrate Easter? You can't just celebrate the resurrection in one day. And so from, from resurrection day to Pentecost is what liturgically is known as Easter tide. Just want to be liturgical for you today. And uh, because there's so much to celebrate about the resurrection that you can't do it in a day. You know, as I, as every, every year as, as you prepare for Easter Sunday, I want to preach all four gospels and, and the accounts of the resurrection. And then I want to go to the, <laughs> to the epistles. I want to go to Paul's writings and, and Peter and, I, and John. I want to go to the writings and look at all the wonderful things that they have to say about resurrection. And so many wonderful, wonderful things. And so last year during this time, we, we just went for seven weeks of looking at post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. A lot of times we, we think, you know, Jesus you know, crucified, three days in the ground, raised on the third day, has a couple of encounters with the disciples, poof, the ascension, he's gone. And yet the book of Acts tells us that he, after he was raised from the dead, he spent 40 days talking to his disciples about the kingdom. Now that would be a kingdom workshop I'd like to go to. You know, sign me up on that. I don't care how much it costs. I will be there and I will bring my iPhone and my tape recorder, my video cam and everything. Just try to get all you can. Because the kingdom is different than just our Christianity. You know, a lot of, a lot of things in our, in our church won't translate out into the world. Some things won't work. You know, how, how we do leadership and how we do uh, discipleship and all those different kinds of things. Maybe within the church it works but out in the work world, it wouldn't work. But I guarantee you, the reality of the kingdom works on any sphere of reality on earth. The kingdom will work in the work world. It will work with animals and probiotics. You know, the kingdom will work with every aspect from entertainment to education to medicine. The kingdom works all across the board. There's not any part of our society that the kingdom of God will not translate to. And the things that we learn about the kingdom, we take it into the work world. And that's what it means to be light and salt. We're, we're, we're supposed to bring some flavor to our culture. We're supposed to bring some revelation to our culture. And as we go out and we do that, we, we have an impact and we continue the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, we won't do it if what we're trying to do is get numbers in our church building. That strategy will be very, very limited and restricted. But if we take the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. If we get that reality that will, that will change all of culture. That will radically turn the world upside down. And that's what the early disciples were doing. They were turning everything upside down as they were taking the kingdom of God to all who would receive. I love it. Because Jesus is alive. 
Jesus is alive. <clears throat> Came across this quote, put it up on the screen for you. I just thought it was a great prayer. Lord, I receive your heart, Father, for your children. I receive your heart, Jesus, for your bride. I receive your heart, Holy Spirit, for your temple, for all you inhabit. To fill what you feel for your children, bride, dwelling place. Let fear, judgmentalism, opinion cease in Jesus' name in my heart, life, and thoughts. That would be a good one to meditate on. Let that have its place in your life. Hmm. So I'm going to go to 1 John chapter 4. And it's going to be up on the screen. You've got your Bibles. Get your Bibles open, 1 John. It'll be in the NIV. Take a break from the Passion just for one Sunday. And uh, I want you to think... I really want us to get equipped and trained when we're reading God's word. What are, the, what are the truths that we're just reading right here that we need to take and take ownership of, bring them into our hearts, and then verbally declare them out loud? Okay? Verbally declare them. What are the things that we, we see when we're reading the word that when we see it, we say, oh man, the Holy Spirit breathes on that. And we realize this, this would make a great declaration. I want to declare ba, 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 ba. Okay? Because as soon as we're done reading the scripture, you have an opportunity to make a declaration. Thought I better let you know in advance so that when we're done and I say, what kind of declaration would you like to make from here? Y'all look like... Huh? Okay, this is good stuff. This is a great chapter. It's one of my favorites. Okay, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know God, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might believe through him, that we might live through him. Get my eyes fixed here. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him, and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us, 
so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Anything there that you can make a declaration of? Uh huh. Yes, to love all the people of different race. Very good. To love everyone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian American, whatever. Human, human starts in all of creation. Good. Any other declarations you see? It's an open book test. <laughs> we love because he first loved us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. No I can love because he loved me first. And that's, that's always so important. We've got to receive his love. And as we receive his love, then we start to realize a little something about him and about us. We're the objects of his love. And from that place we can extend it to others. Yeah. It's really hard to love others if we don't love ourselves. It's really hard to love ourselves if we haven't received the love of God. If we don't understand who we are, if we haven't gained an identity, the enemy's pretty good at making us hate ourselves or despising ourselves or thinking less than what we truly are. Mm -hmm. Any other declarations? No need to fear. He first loved us. No need to fear. Fearless fly is here. Our Christ likeness is in our love. Our Christ likeness is in our love. Yeah, very good. God to abide in us. We'll definitely get that from John 15. John, all about abiding with, with God. Mm -hmm. inspires confidence. God inspires confidence. Very good. Mm -hmm. God is love. Love comes from God. God showed his love to us by sending Jesus, his one and only son, that we might live through him. This, is, this was something that was really interesting as I read this. As, as, as John is writing this, the first thing that he puts is that God sent his son Jesus not to die for us. That's not the first thing he talks about. The first thing that, that he highlights here is God sent his son for us to live in him. Whoa. He hits atoning sacrifice next. You know, he, he hits the fact that he died for us. So that's true and that's good. But he doesn't put it first. He sent him so that we could live in him. 
okay? It's John 17, you know, it's all about he and us and us and him and, and God the Father and the Father's love in Jesus and, and the same love that the Father has for Jesus, he has for us and the love that Jesus has for us, the Father has for us and you get this, you know, this thing going and it's like, whoa, you almost get seasick when you're reading it because it's just so amazing as it, as it gets there. And one of the things that he's trying to get across to us is that we're not just us anymore, that Christ lives in us and he's the hope of glory. But Christ comes upon us for his glory to go out to others so that his glory will fill the earth so that others can see his presence and see and recognize who he is. Oh, I love it. So good, so good. He sent his son that we would live through him. We can live through Jesus. That is, that is so powerful. Hmm. Did anybody say God loves me? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I mean, you know, God loves me. This is amazing. And I love God because God loved me. I can love God. I can reciprocate the very love with which I have received his love. I can reciprocate back to him. I receive it and then I can give it. I can offer it in worship. And it goes right back to him. Hmm. God loves and lives in me. Wow. His love is made complete in me. Ah! Really? If we keep receiving it. I wish we could get a revelation. If we, could, if, we, if we could have spiritual eyes and gain, you know, the ability to see as the Father sees and to know as the Father knows and see how much love is being poured out on us versus how much love we are receiving. What a revelation. You know, on the Facebook and on the internet, all this viral stuff where everybody's taking those plunges, those ice cold and they're just, you know, all this kind of stuff. They get real creative, some of them do. And, and they get like 100 gallons, you know, and pour it over, you know. They, they get under a, a, an infinite supply from a waterfalls, and they, and they just, and others just take a cup, and, and it's like, so many times, I, I, I don't think we see how much his love is being poured out on us. We're not aware of it or we'd live differently. Do you realize that God has got the fire hose out and he is showering you with his love? He's got the waterfall. He's got Niagara pouring over you, but without the crushing effect. But he's got that coming upon you daily, 24-7, forever and ever and ever and ever. That his love never ceases. That he loves all of us the same which is infinite, that he loves the person out there who doesn't even know him. He's causing his love to fall upon them, on the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. <laughs> Why? Because he knows that his love has power. It has power to transform. And so as he pours out his love upon us, it gives us an opportunity to position ourselves 
to receive the fullness of his love. It's a couple of testimonies that I've heard in, in the last couple of years that just really has impacted me. One was by a minister who said that the Lord spoke to him almost audibly and said, Ron, will you let me love all of you? Have you ever thought that there's parts that we won't let God have access to? Parts that, that we, we won't allow his love to pour over? That we restrict and that we try, to, we try to distribute his love? You know, in, in, in a world where there's not enough, when there's a world where you have to ration, you've always got to be thinking about how are you going to distribute this so that it's fair and so that everybody gets a little bit or something like that. I, I, I don't know what our food pantry's like today, but I know sometimes we're getting a little low and we don't know what the crowd's going to be. And so we have to say two of this and one of this and the other thing. And we have to, we have to distribute because... There's limitation. But with God's love, there's no limitation. There is no need to distribute and say, okay, Rick, on Monday, you're allowed two gallons of God's love. And on Thursday, you get four. You know, and now make that two gallons get through Wednesday because you don't get any more till Thursday. You know, no, it's, it's like, do you realize the infinite outpouring of his love is without restriction. The only thing that restricts his love is us. Is what we believe is true. It's what we, what we give credence to. And we have an adversary who's always attacking us and we've got a world system where now there's, there's times when there isn't enough, that there is famine, that there are, the scarcity is a reality. And so he works within the culture, he works within our world, and he works directly in attacking us mentally of saying, how worthy are you to be loved? That's just too good. Can't, can't, can't receive that much love. No, 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 no. That's too much for me. I didn't tithe last week. Please, I can't have that much love. I didn't witness to anybody. Oh, I, I can't receive any more love than, than just the bare necessity. I should be on uh, what people that are just barely going to get to heaven get on their worst day. That is my allotment in life. Anybody want that? Invite the Holy Spirit right now to just show you how much of the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and the love of the Holy Spirit you're open to right now. Do you see it? How would you describe what the Holy Spirit just showed you? 
Not a whole lot. People that are sick that need love. Okay. Peace and love during even a turbulent time in your life. Yeah, usually during turbulent times, our love receptors get jammed. And they, they get overwhelmed. And so we're usually not as conscious about being loved. If we win the lottery, we might think God loves us. Or if we get a, a good, we get a good prognosis about a physical condition, we think God loves us. If we get a bad one, we think, oh, what did I do to deserve this? God must not love me as much as he does Margaret. We do all sorts of silly things, don't we? We get a revelation of this. And my whole point this morning, I have one point. God wants to love you more than you want to be loved. And if you'll, if you'll lay your fear on the altar, because that's what it is. It's fear that we don't qualify, we're not good enough. It's fear that if we ask, he won't show up. You know, it, it's fear. And perfect love drives out fear. So the very thing that we long for, we need to get rid of the thing that keeps the thing that we long for at bay, which is his love. We, we want his love. Anybody not want the love of God? I mean, there are people that don't want the love of God because they're mad at God. They're angry. They, they, the enemy has been able to work circumstances and, and, and life situations and hurts, betrayals and all those kind of things and make it look like God did it, and we believe it. It's hard for us to believe how good God is. We can talk about it theologically, and we can talk about it in our Christianese, but to really believe how good he is, it takes, it takes an impartation of a divine encounter to realize how good he is and how much he loves you. He loves us so, 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 so much. It's making me lose my hair. Just, he loves us so much. And I want to receive more. The, 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 once you get a taste of his love, you want more of his love. But the enemy, you got to realize there's always an adversary who's coming to make you feel like you don't qualify or to make you feel like something that you did has taken you out of the position of being in the first slot of receiving, and now we have to go to a secondary, third, or fourth level. Absolutely. Absolutely. The thing, that, the thing that positions us to receive the fullness of the love of God is surrender. It, it, it's, it's being vulnerable. It's coming as we are. And the world and those around oftentimes have told us we don't measure up. We're not enough. And if you really come with that level of honesty, you may be disappointed because he may pass you by. I don't know if, if you grew up in the church singing the hymn, 
while on others thou art calling, please don't pass me by, Savior, Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others you are calling, please don't pass me by. And it just bred fear. Whoever thought that Jesus would pass anybody by until you sang that hymn. You sing that hymn, now you're thinking, oh my gosh, he might just, he, he come over and hit Kelly and Ray and skip Marcus. Do you think Jesus would ever skip Marcus? No, no way. No way. He would never. But that's how subtle the evil one is. He will use everything in our culture, both religious and secular, to try to get us to believe that God really doesn't love us as much. Because if he, if he really loved us as much as he supposedly does, you know, I'd have long brown hair. <laughs> Maybe blonde. I don't know. <laughs> he uses all that stuff. He uses all that stuff against us. He takes our body shape. He takes our physical attributes. He takes all the different things that he can possibly do. He can take our, our perception of our intelligence. He, he, he does everything and he tries to orchestrate it so that we come down to something of not being able to receive the fullness of his love. And I'm here to proclaim today that it's an open heaven, that the veil has been torn from top to bottom, that we have access into the Holy of Holies, that the very glory of God is filling the earth. This theology that the world's going to get worse and worse and worse, and then the rapture, and then we're out of here, that just feeds into that kind of nonsense. Jesus said that we're the light of the world. Okay? We're the salt of the world. He didn't come to salt the church. He came to salt the earth. He came to salt the world. I think he wants his planet back. I think the cry of filling the earth with his glory is something that we should plan that maybe our theology might just be a little bit off and maybe from glory to glory, it's not my personal walk with Jesus, but it's the reality of all who receive him that there's a reflection of his glory that increases on the earth until all of a sudden there's a new heaven and a new earth. Hmm. And he wants to fill you with his love today. He really does. I believe it with all my heart. Do we deserve it? Don't even think like that. Be like a little child on Christmas morning and say, his love, his mercies are new every morning. Every day's Christmas. Every day is an opportunity to receive expressions of his love. And I want to challenge you to start a journal and look each day and record an expression of God's love. I believe he wants to make a tangible expression of his love to us every, every, every day. And, I, and I, I just encourage you to start journaling and start putting down what way God has manifest his love to you today. Mm. And you'll start to see his love. As you start to journal, you'll start to see his love manifested in more ways than you've ever realized that he loves you because he really does love you. And he wants you to know how much he loves you. It's always the thing that undoes us. You know, you, you, 
We, we look at our human relationships and, and we, you know, we find someone that we are starting to feel affection for and all this kind of stuff. And just soon as we start to take that little step of vulnerability of making known our affection, what happens? We can be crushed. We can be absolutely destroyed. I got too many stories on that end. But what happens when that expression is reciprocated back? Wow. I'm in love. And the thing of it is, the thing that we don't realize is Jesus has already taken the first step. He's already demonstrated his love for us. So there shouldn't be all that hesitation except for all our history of having had our affection rejected. But he will never reject you. He will no, 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 never, never, ever. I think it's a sevenfold negative in the Hebrew. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It sounds a little bit like love. I think he loves us. So as I think of, of the love of God, so wonderful. The declarations, I've got some Greek stuff that I'll spare you. Hmm. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. The cry of my heart is to know him. The cry of my heart sometimes takes the expression of, Lord, I want to be love. I don't want to be loved. I want to be love. Does anybody connect with that? I, love, God, is, God is love. And when we love, we're in God and God's in us. And so I want to love and to love and to love. But I really want at the core, I, at the core, I want the transformation of his love to so transform all the hurts, all the wounds, all the ugly ways in which evil has touched until at the very core is love. And when the core is love, I don't have to think, oh, what would Jesus do? Oh, they just insulted me. Should I give them a sarcastic comeback or should I give them a religious platitude to make them feel real guilty? Or, you know, how should I? Love just knows. And so, Lord, I'd love to be love because of the intimate relationship I have with the one who is love. To know God as love. He's your savior, savior of the world. To know him to the place that love is now filling. It'll change the way we treat each other. It'll change the way we live. It'll change the way we treat ourselves. It'll change the world. It will take us from being coward little Christians to being able to really stand like the early church did with boldness as the spirit of the Lord comes upon them. And love goes out. Paul says, for the love of Christ compels me. I like being compelled by love. I hate being compelled by someone telling me what to do. 
I hate that kind of com compelled. I, I hate being compelled because it's April 18th and taxes are due. You know, there's, there's no, no break on that. I'm compelled versus I'm compelled by the love of Jesus Christ. That's a good one. Okay. Well, I was looking at love and I was, I was trying to see if, if we were all superheroes today, as, as we're going through life and as, as love is being poured out, how would love manifest in your life and what superpowers would you have? This sounds like a Sam commercial moment, <laughs> video announcement. But while I was, while I was thinking about this this week, I, I was in a pastor's meeting. They all asked us, what superpower would you want? I wanted to fly because I, I love flying. I just love flying. I think it would be so much fun if I could fly superpower. <laughs> But as I started looking at it in light of the church and I was looking at different ones, I saw Brenda and I saw that the love of Christ and Brenda manifest in a superpower of, of kind of like a, a, the shield of faith, the invisible force filled so that evil can't penetrate because God knows you've had enough stuff come at you, but your heart is staying so perfectly attuned and in alignment with his love that you've got this, you've got the love of Christ that has manifested like a force field and evil can't even get in to try to get you to think differently, let alone love differently. And the Lord really loves the way you love because you have loved well. You have loved well. Amen? Now here's the Here's the thing that I think you're moving into right now. I think that there's a time of intercession and you're going to learn how to take that love gift of shield of invincibility so that evil can't, and you're going to be able to project it. You're going to be able through intercession, pray a love shield bubble around others that the Lord lays on your heart. See, it's never just for us. Whatever you receive all your gifts, all your anointings, all your graces, as you receive that, and first you get to enjoy the benefit of it, but then it flows from you to another. Always, always, that's the purpose. They're not just for us. And they're not just for inside the church, they're for outside the church. Mm, expressions, expressions of his love. Okay, and I want you, it's 12 o'clock, I'm doing good. I want you to just shut your eyes, invite the Holy Spirit to come. And as the, love of God, as, as the love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is poured out on you, and now you're, you're, getting, you're getting more of it than what you got you know, 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. And as, as the love's poured in, I want you to see if you can discern how the love wants to manifest. Now, there's going to be an infinite number of ways that the love's going to be manifesting. But it could be that the, the Lord will want to show you one of your superpowers, the superpower of his love. How will that manifest? If Brenda gets the ability to project a, a, a protective force field that goes out, that protects her from evil coming in and trying to steal her love, and now getting that projected. What, what kind of things, I, I know this is imagination, but it's sanctified. 
imagination. <laughs> I know you're going to leave and say the vineyard's really gone new age. Now they're just so queer, so weird. They're now, ask the Lord. Let's see if the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you how your superpower's coming. There's a real sense that he's, he's healed. He's healed some physical bodies of cancer. And the very thing that the evil one wanted to use to destroy their lives, for Chuck, they wanted to stop his ability to teach and preach, his, his vocalization, his ability to articulate. For Margaret, a zillion different ways to try to just kill Margaret because her beauty on the earth makes a transformation to all those around. But as he's healing these, there is becoming a healing team. And I think as his love pours out and brings that level of transformation in our lives, there's a real sense in which he's calling us to know how then to go after any disease. When I got the gift of speaking in tongues and I had to go before the religious board that didn't believe in that gift and therefore they had to get rid of me, I told them I didn't want that one. That's the one I was given. I wanted to be a healer. I really hate sickness and disease. I really, really hate it. I want to see the love of God come and manifest in us corporately so that we will be a healing agent in the earth. So that when we hear cancer, we don't say, <gasps> we go, let's get it. Let's kill it. We find another manifestation of cancer on the earth. We want to go after it. Sign me up, Jesus. Let's pray. Let's defeat this thing. Let's get it out of here. I, I know it came straight from the pit. Mm-hmm. Now, you're personally working on your little one. I've gone off and talked corporately. Anybody receive anything? Uh-huh, Rick. I'm a farmer. I, uh, I, uh, I got the uh, I plant the seed of love and watch it grow. Amen. Amen. He's a farmer, and he's going to be planting the seed of love and watch it grow. And it's planting time. <laughs> Amen. I consider this dynamite. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, Barb. A helper? Amen. An evangelistic helper. Yeah, you're, you're an evangelist, sweetie. I've heard the word the old hymn, just as I am. Just as you are. Amen. And that's enough. That's amazing. Intercessor? Intercessor? Good, good. We're going to be healing intercession. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Prophecy. Amen. Don't you love it when you share a word and it has a transforming effect because it's not coming just from your lips, it's coming from the Father's heart? That's powerful. Yeah. Anybody else over here in the redhead section? Anything going on over here? <laughs> Okay, get your ears open. Come on. I know he's talking to every one of us. He's talking to all of us. 
So Father, I just ask that your peace would now settle. Mm. Lord, I give you such praise and adoration that this isn't a competition, but this is a family. I pray, Father, that we would get out of a sibling context of trying to be better than our sister or our brother, but we'd get more into a parental, wanting to see our kids go beyond us. I pray that everyone here, Lord, would go beyond me. That there would be a, a, a launching pad today to believe in your ability to love us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would clear the airways so that we could receive more. And Father, where, where our perception is, is that we just got a one-gallon jug, I pray, Father, that you would let us see the reality of how you're funneling all of your love to all of us. And so let the showers of love, the showers of heaven come to the earth today. May we receive them and then release them in ways that will bring transformation. Now the Holy Spirit's just flowing around here like crazy today. So if you've got a word for someone, I deputize you in Jesus' name to receive the a boldness and courage to go up and lovingly share it in a gracious way. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.